The tools that cybercriminals use are forever evolving. It's an arms race on the tradecraft used to try and hack into your pharmacy, steal your credentials, gain access to your valuable information. Some of these cybercriminals and nation states are investing literally millions of dollars in terms of the systems and tools that they use to, to gain access to that data. And that's not an exaggeration, it's actually a big business. They now have cybersecurity as a service where you can go onto the dark web and you can buy the tools yourself. So you don't even need to be a cybersecurity expert to become a hacker. Anyone who has the ill will, the ill intent to go out there and commit crime can get onto the dark web and they can buy the kits and the tools and the systems themselves to be a cyber criminal. So that's increasing. So that's again, a significant change that's happened in the last couple of years, which has provided access. So many, many more people are hacking than they were a number of years ago, where previously you had to be an expert yourself in being able to do that. Hi, I'm Andrew McManus. General Manager, Service Delivery at Fred IT Group. And you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PDCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month and we're taking the opportunity here to provide an important refresher about the dangers lurking in the digital world and what we all need to do to protect ourselves, our businesses and our patients. This year's theme is Have You Been Hacked? And to wrap up the month, we are bringing you this special deep dive episode where we look at the latest threats, what to look out for and how to know if you have been hacked. And I'm speaking with Andrew McManus from Fred IT Group, an expert in the field who deals specifically with pharmacy IT on a daily basis. Because he's in the field, he can provide great insight into the range of issues affecting pharmacists and how they can best position themselves to make sure they keep their systems safe. I hope you enjoy this episode and take away some tips and directions that help you run your business better. Here's Andrew. Andrew, welcome to the show. I want to start with a question that will help our listeners straight away see where their cybersecurity awareness is in comparison to their colleagues. And the reason I want to do that is that I suspect that a number of us know that cybersecurity is something that we need to improve. It's in the news, we talk about it, but it's one of those things that can sort of tend to get pushed back to the bottom of the line, the bottom of the pile, maybe it keeps staying on the task list and we never actually get around to actioning it. So in your experience in the field, how well do you think pharmacists are doing with cybersecurity? There's no question that general awareness within the pharmacy industry has improved from when we did this last podcast a couple of years ago and in my time uh, here at Fred, there's no doubt that pharmacies understand the risks better uh, and they know that security is important. But, But having said that, we have seen some recent breaches across Australia, ones that we're all aware of um, that have resulted in significant headlines in the, in the media. Um, which has resulted in sort of bringing it to that front of mind. And it, it really does remind us that, that certain actions do need to be taken. And so when I think about that and when I think about where pharmacists are at in terms of their knowledge, I guess there's, there's three types that we see. Uh, and there's those that have listened over the last couple of years and they've put a good solution in place and, and they're as protected as they can be in that relative sense. Um, there are some there that, that know they need to do something um, and they just need that advice and that direction on what exactly there is that they need to do. Um, but we're also still seeing, unfortunately, um, pharmacists out there that whilst they're aware that cyber is important, they still underestimate the risk to their data, to their business, to their customers. Um, and so ultimately for them, they're not at a point where they've taken action, um, which is really what I want to talk about today. Because for me, the time has passed for complacency in this space, the seriousness of the breaches that have happened, um, which everybody is aware of across Australia in these last couple of weeks, really speaks to the the need to act now. Uh, And for a long time, we've taken a softly, softly approach to to how we treat cybersecurity. And it, it is no doubt about raising awareness. It's about providing information and advice. But I think it's this point in time, there needs to be a really strong message that the public expectation and backlash even combined with legal challenges, the government expectation, the tightening of laws and increasing of fines means that things need to be changed, that the impact can be catastrophic 
and that we do need to take action immediately and to really not only raise awareness and education, but pharmacists need to act. They need to do something now and complacency is no longer good enough. I have a client who works in the compliance space, financial compliance space, and they've just come up with a great tagline that I think is very, very applicable here. And it's, if you think compliance is hard, wait until you're caught being not compliant. And it's kind of the same with cybersecurity. If you think cybersecurity is hard, wait until you have a breach, loss of data, and there's that reputation and fines, legal challenges, all that sort of stuff to your business. So we might keep that in mind as we go forward. Now, I guess one thing that we might all have in common across the board is that we don't personally, our businesses, expect to be the target of a cyber attack. I mean, why would they come after us? I assume there aren't many people who do really until it actually happens to them. What is it that cyber criminals are looking for? What's value to them? How do they choose and why do they choose their victims? The first thing I'll mention is that everyone is a target. It doesn't matter whether you're a small business, a large business, a corporate, a government, or just your your own personal um, self, you are a target for cyber criminals. And you're right in saying that they don't necessarily target me per se, Andrew McManus, we're going after you. Um, but what they're going after is is the fact that I have an online presence. You know, I, I am on social media. I do have a mobile number. I do have an internet connection. And so that to them is a target. That's what they're looking for because they're, they're trying to gain access to my data, to my credentials, then to leverage that to try and, you know, better themselves in terms of, you know, creating a financial gain. And, and it is ultimately all about about money. Um, so it's vital that people understand that that their technology stack and, and their online presence um, creates a risk for them. And for all small businesses, um, you know, that risk is only amplified because they have a, a wider footprint and greater technology uh, than you do at a personal level. And so the opportunity for attacks are, are greater there. And so the data that pharmacies held um, is, is extremely valuable. We've seen again with some recent breaches that the type of data that was hacked um, when it comes to medical information is far more valuable than that in the financial sense because it can't be changed. It, it is absolutely um, more able to be uh, used as, as blackmail for leverage for, the, for those poor victims in terms of trying to extort money uh, out of them. Um, and so it's really important that, that pharmacists understand that whilst it's unlikely that they're going after their particular pharmacy, um, you know, it, it's about the fact that they're going after their data to try and take advantage of it. It is all about the money. Uh, and there's generally two things that they're, or two ways they go about it to try and get that money. The, the first is that they try and use what is of value to you to gain access to your money and demand a ransom, which is the, the typical ransomware attack. Your computers are locked up and they say, give us five, ten, twenty thousand $20,000, we'll unlock your computer, we'll give you your data back and uh, and we can all move on. But the other way is that they gain access to your file information and, and your identity to either try and steal it and so to pretend that they're you to take out loans or they use it to sell um, or you know, simply in the, in the case of a credit card theft, they, they use that themselves to, to, to buy whatever they, they need to. So if the data has value to you, it, it has value to them. And that's essentially what they're, they're looking to do. And as I mentioned, health data has tremendous value. It sells for more on the dark web than, than financial data. It can't be changed, uh, and there's a high success rate of extorting money from from those people who, who've had that data stolen. Um, they look for easy targets, and the opportunity creates a thief is a, is a relevant saying here. You know, cyber criminals use tools that that scan the internet 24 hours a day, seven days a week, looking for openings, vulnerabilities, um, the, the way that they can gain access, and, and then exploit that as as much as possible. Uh, and so, again, they're not targeting your pharmacy. But if you've um, had some sort of lapse or a breach or a, a lack of security in your pharmacy and they discover that, that then creates a risk for you in terms of how they may gain access to your, your data. And there is a thing as well, which is relevant. You mentioned before about compliance and the situation here is similar in that you don't have to outrun a bear. You just have to outrun the person next to you. And the point here is that you do need to have good cybersecurity practices and technology um, in place. And often they'll move on to the next person because they are looking for a soft target. If you've got good cybersecurity, they'll often target somebody who is um, weaker than you, where they don't have to spend as much time and effort to get into that into that information. Um, and as I said, while it's unusual for an individual pharmacy to be specifically targeted by a nation state or large style gang that we see in some of the more public breaches, um, 
there are a lot of people scanning the internet. Um, and, you know, further attacks on big name brands in all industries is happening too. And between 40 and 50% of all cyber attacks are against small business. So cyber criminals know that investment in small business um, has not been the same as big business. It's historically poor. Um, we know that small businesses haven't put in place the cybersecurity practices that they do, and cyber criminals know this, and so they go after those soft targets. So that combination of valuable data and historically poor cybersecurity practices make pharmacies an absolute target for, for cyber criminals. So if we, we listen to what you said earlier, that everyone is a target, tell us about the different kinds of scams and, and hacks and, and, and tricks that these people are using, what, what's around at the moment, and maybe even update us on what might have changed in the last couple of years since you were last on the podcast. The tools that cyber criminals use are forever evolving. It, it's an arms race on the tradecraft used to try and hack into your pharmacy, um, steal your credentials, gain access to your valuable information. Um, some of these cyber criminals and nation states are investing literally millions of dollars in terms of uh, the systems and tools that they use to, to gain access to that data. And that's not an exaggeration. There is actually a big business. They now have cybersecurity as a service where you can go onto the dark web and you can buy the tools yourself. So you don't even need to be a cybersecurity expert to become a hacker. Um, anyone who has the um, ill will, the ill intent, to go out there and commit crime can get onto the dark web and they can buy the kits and the tools and the systems themselves to be a cyber, a cyber criminal. So that's increasing. So that's, again, a significant change that's happened in the, in the last couple of years, which has provided access. So many, many more people are, are hacking than they were a number of years ago where previously you had to be an expert yourself in, in being able to do that. Some of the techniques that we see are still the same. So the number one risk that we see to pharmacies is still phishing emails. Uh, and text messages with the malicious code embedded um, in that in the link where they try and steal your credentials or, or perhaps malicious code embedded in a website. Um, and we also see vulnerabilities, things like remote access tools. So this is a big one and a big lesson for pharmacies. So the tools that you use to remotely log into your stores, um, quite often they can um, not have the right level of password complexity or the multi-factor authentication turned on. Uh, you might even have to open some ports on your modem router for different services to work, IoT devices, and they can definitely create vulnerabilities um, in, in, in your store and, and, of course, across your network. Um, but what has also changed um, is the way that data is now stolen. Well, a few years ago, it was simply encrypted. So the typical ransomware attack of a number of years ago would be that your data would be encrypted, your machine would be locked, and there'd be a message in your screen saying, you know, give us the money and we'll, we'll unlock your PC, we'll unlock your data. But your data was still intact and it was still on your premise. They hadn't actually got access to it. They'd simply encrypted it. Um, the backups that people have and the backups that we provide our customers mean that we can restore their data. So they'd contact us, we'd say, look, no, you, you don't need to pay the ransom. We've got a safe cop, we can restore that. Just ignore it, we'll wipe the PC, kick them out and, and we go on. And, and that worked terrifically for a while. Cyber criminals being the clever people they are, um, thought about how do we actually uh, continue to, to, to gain access to the, to the valuable data uh, and, and leverage that. So what they came up with, well, let's steal the data. And so that's what they're doing today, is rather than encrypting the data and, and, and the PCs, they're taking it off-site, they're taking copies of it, and then they're saying, look, we've got your data, um, there's nothing you can do, if you don't pay us the money, we're going to publicly release this information on the dark web, we're going to sell it to someone else, or we're going to start to contact the customers directly, uh, and then they'll come back to you saying, hey, what's, what, what's happened? And so once that situation has occurred, you're in a, in a real world of hurt, because it is a notifiable data breach, um, and your, your options in terms of how you actually deal with that are, are very limited. Um, there's, there's really nothing we can do to, to, to prevent that or to, to act on that once that data is actually stolen. Um, so that's a, that's a really important point to, um, to be aware of. Also, we're seeing an increase in what's called supply chain attacks. So this is where a company is hacked and the cyber criminals embed malicious code into a legitimate software, software that you trust and download. So essentially, there's, there'll be software that you use on your computer. Um, you get a notification as you normally do, hey, you need to run an update. You run that update because that is best practice. You do need to run your updates and keep your software because 99.999% of the time, that update is legitimate. That update has all the security fixes that you need. But if that particular company has been hacked and 
the data has been embedded into or malicious code has been embedded into that software, you're actually downloading that and that bypasses every security protocol you have in place because it's legitimate software that you've downloaded and there's a little bit of code hidden in there which is malicious. And so that's what we're saying and that's been a, again a, a, some large breaches over in the US were direct results of what is known as supply chain attacks. And so that really changes the game in terms of how you can lose access to your data and how you can actually be hacked. And so, you know, the worry is that that all the staff training, all the novel cyber protections are instantly bypassed um, when, when a supply chain attack is, is enabled. So with that also, we've seen an increase in attacks on pharmacies in the last six or seven weeks, um, primarily ransomware that we've seen delivered via an email. Um, there has been some other methods which I'll talk to a, a little bit later. Um, but the tools we have deployed for our customers show that thousands and thousands of scans each month against pharmacy networks looking for vulnerabilities, uh, which is very much in line with a recent announcement by the NAB, the National Australia Bank, saying that they were getting 50 million attempts a month to try and gain access to their systems. Well, and that's just one bank saying that, right? That's correct, yeah, that was just one bank. So you extrapolate that out over all the banks in Australia, the world and all the other businesses, it is literally billions and billions of uh, attempts to gain access to networks right across the world. So what are some of the areas that we need to be focusing on, keeping in mind signs to look for to help ensure that we don't get hacked? I guess, as I said at the outset, I don't want to scare people, but I actually, I want to scare people um, because you, you do you do need to act. Um, so look, the, the key here is trying to identify the triggers um, that that you should be looking for. And and firstly, it's about prevention. So the first thing that you need to do is obviously look at things, simple things. Again, in a pharmacy environment, the main one is how to spot a phishing email or a phishing text. Um, they they are at the top of the list. This is still the most common method we see used. So investing in your staff is vital. Most cybersecurity hacks are a result of human error. Um, and so that's really important to, to look at how you can um, increase the knowledge and the awareness of, of your team. You need to have a cybersecurity plan, um, what to do, who to call. Um, simply uh, the best and fastest thing to do sometimes if you suspect a PC is compromised is take it off the network. You know, disconnect it immediately and pull out that blue blue cable that connects it to the to the to the to the network. Um, but it is difficult to identify uh, an attack, and and you do need multiple layers of technology. And you know, I don't expect pharmacists to understand the technology components that they need to protect, but they need to understand that they need multiple layers of technology and that antivirus software is simply no longer enough. Uh, again, looking at the, the physical bricks and mortar analogy, it would be like simply having a, a lock on your front door and no cameras, no back-to-base alarm system, no bars, nothing else other than a basic lock on your front door. Of course, you're going to get broken into. You still have the lock, but you need more. And that's what antivirus software is today. It's simply no longer enough. It's pretty obvious if I've got a lock on my front door and the door's been kicked in and the lock is broken, but for a pharmacy, is it obvious when we've been hacked? Sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. So it really depends on the, the type and scale of the of the, the breach or the, the, the hack that's occurred. Clearly, if it's a, a, a typical ransomware attack and there's a message plastered all over the screen, yeah, that's that's a pretty good and strong indicator that you've, you've, you've got a problem. But quite often, as I said, what pharmacists are looking to do today is gain access to your systems, which they do have for sometimes hours, days, and even months, um, where they're looking to steal your data. And to try and not trigger alerts and alarms, they'll throttle that data and steal only little bits of it over a period of time. So even if you look at your downloads, you're looking for a spike in downloads. Um, you're looking at PC performance. You're looking at other typical indicators of compromise. They try and hide those and dribble the data out over a period of time. And then over those days, weeks or months, they get to the point where they've got you know, your entire database offline and then then you alert. So in, in many cases, it's really difficult to identify. And that's why we say that it's not just about protection, it's about detection as well. And so you need to have some sort of monitoring, network monitoring service in place and it needs to be live 24-7 with some level of uh, um, action response at the end of it. There's no point having it monitor having a 24-7 network system without actually being able to do something at the other end. You need to take a tangible action. 
Um, so it's no difference to having, again, the bricks and mortar example of a, of a back-to-base alarm system, a camera, a camera system where people are there looking at, 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 at your pharmacy physically and, and they can take action if somebody does kick in your front door. And you need that cyber equivalent, otherwise you will never know. And the, the first time you know is when a, a customer might contact you saying they've got an unusual email. Um, or you get contacted by some sort of cybersecurity bureau, um, you know, asking uh, questions about the fact that that there's a whole heap of data on the dark web pointing back to back to your pharmacy, and that's somewhere that um, that where nobody wants to be. Andrew, these attacks they sound sophisticated, they're ruthless, they're often unexpected. Even if we do follow your advice and say everybody is a target, so we should be aware and we should be expecting it, but we don't expect it to happen on a Thursday or, or, or next Monday. What does it look like when a pharmacy gets hacked though? Tell us about the experience. Oh, I'm sure emotions run hot, people are stressed, they're worried, their reputations, their business, their livelihood is on the line, they're standing in the community. I want you to talk us through some of the, the impacts and the devastation that you've seen when it happens. Absolutely, and and the word is, is devastation. There, there's no question that some of our customers have been left absolutely devastated by a, a cybersecurity attack. And um, just mentioned there, you mentioned on a Thursday or Friday, and it's it's there's a little um, uh, uh, piece of time in in terms of uh, Friday evenings as a real prime time for cybersecurity attacks. They know that a lot of the the businesses, the, the normal staff, are there Monday to Friday, so they they deliberately go for attacks. Um, after hours, you know, three o'clock Saturday morning, those sorts of times are really common for, for when those cybersecurity attacks, so it's the poor Saturday morning casuals that wake up to the, the PC encrypted, not the usual staff. And and so that's just a little little side point to, to, to be aware of. But yeah, look, we've had, um, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of pharmacies being been hit by ransomware, and we've seen the devastation that, that it causes. Um, one recently, um, and I'm sad to report, um, they were down for three days. So this particular pharmacy was unable to trade for three days. Um, they did not have a, a working backup in place, unfortunately, which means they lost all everything, all their data, all the dispense data, all their POS data, every bit of information that was stored on every PC in their server was gone. Um, it was ter- you know, terribly upsetting for, for the owner, and for the staff, there were tears, anger, anxiety, you know, that feeling of dread in the pit of the stomach, you know, they, they're, they're, they're sort of almost blushing out at people looking at someone to blame. Um, it's akin to watching your business go up in smoke or, or, or flooded, and it's probably even worse in that it's a result of, of criminal activity that someone out there has done this to you um, maliciously. Um, separate to that, we, we've had situations where, where staff have resigned, um, two particular examples. Um, where you know one particular staff member, you know, salt of the earth, genuine hardworking person, made an honest mistake, um, clicking on the link, and and they felt so bad, so guilty that what they'd done, they they just said, I just can't work here anymore, and and they resigned, they they left the business, uh, and another I- example where the operational recovery effort and the stress that that caused in dealing with with angry customers resulted in a staff member resigning in, in, in that recovery phase. And in both instances, it, it left the owner all alone to deal with the, the fallout themselves. Um, and so, look, th- these these examples that that I've, I've explained there, they're, they're, they're real. Um, you know, they, they really worry, worry me, they worry the customers. Um, and there are some even scarier examples that we have in terms of um, where we've seen an intrusion and we can actually see that the cyber criminal is, is actively on the PC. So the, the two examples previously were um, just malicious code. It was automatically downloaded and it ran. There wasn't actually a person um, in the network as such, but we do have examples where where cyber criminals gain access to the PC. They gain, gain access to the network um, and we can see them in there trying to change usernames and uh, and access um, other PCs on the network. Um, in those instances, we're, we're fortunate enough to have been able to identify it quickly enough to take action and, and stop them from from doing any damage. And the the you know the the, the emotion there is a mix of, of you know, they feel somewhat violated by the fact that somebody else was in their network, but also a little bit relieved that that nothing actually did go wrong. Um, when we're able to, to to block them, but uh, yeah, the, the the emotion range is. Uh, 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 I'm not a, not good to see. I really, my heart goes out to to, to those um, pharmacists in in those situations. I feel super stressed, and I'm not a pharmacist. I feel really stressed about this situation, and I'm I'm thinking forward. I'm I'm imagining the aftermath of a cyber attack, and it brings to mind the kinds of long term reputational damage that might occur. 
We know that pharmacists are always in the top three most trusted professionals in Australia. And so this is something that can really undermine uh, their trust from community members. What are the impacts of an incident like this? Again, referencing the recent cybersecurity breaches that, that have happened across Australia, I don't need to mention the companies. Everyone is aware of, of them. I ask, I ask our listeners, what do you think of the reputation of the businesses that have been dragged through the media um, you know, in the last couple of weeks here in Australia? I mean, that, that damage in some cases might be irreparable. Um, there's, there's customers there who have no doubt sworn never to go back to those businesses. And that exact same situation is exactly what we could see um, for pharmacists if they go through the same situation. Um, you know, the cost in terms of uh, reputational damage and in, in lost revenue can be can be thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. Um, the loss of trade, um, I mentioned before, there was a pharmacy down for three days. Again, tens of thousands of dollars in lost scripts and sales there. Um, you know, paying the ransom, we recommend that you don't pay the ransom, but in many cases, um, you know, customers do look to pay it and that could be as low as $100 if it's if you get lucky. In, in other situations, we've seen ransoms for up of 10, 20, 30, $50,000. Once the hacker realises who they're dealing with and that this is a pharmacy and it's a big business and, and the, this, this data is worth, is worth that amount of money to them, so they try and recover their costs in that. Um, the remediation of the hardware, the software um, that 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 needs to be restored and and you know reimaged and and you know reinstalled from from that end, um, you know that costs also thousands of dollars. Um, you know we've seen recently too the threat of legal action, whether that's a class action, um, you know where the customers do something on their own account, um, where there's found to be a breach of, of privacy legislation, um, and where people feel that those businesses didn't have what we might consider reasonable measures to protect their data. And that's a really important point, is that you know you, you need to put in place reasonable steps. You need to be able to stand up in front of whoever you're accountable to and put your hand on your heart and said, I did what I could, I did my best, I tried my best to protect the data, I had this, 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 this and this in place and they still got in. If all you can say is, oh, well, you know, I just had some antivirus software, the reality is that you're not taking cybersecurity seriously and you're opening yourself up to, to, to legal action. And I'll talk again later about the increase in, in uh, legislation and penalties for, for being in breach of some of the privacy legislation. And also, as I mentioned, you know, staff potentially resigning. You know, that's a significant impact, the stress there. Uh, and, you know, there is a, a, a staff shortage at the moment within pharmacy. It's one of the main topics everyone's talking about. So the last thing you want to do um, is be a pharmacy with a poor reputation, uh, which makes it even diff more difficult to, to get good staff to, to, to come and work for you. Well, you just mentioned the legal obligations. I'm sure having some sort of incident management response plan is always going to be a good start. But what are businesses legally required to do if their systems or, or, or databases are hacked and, and information is stolen? There are some really strong legal requirements. The first thing to be aware of is that pharmacies, given the type of data that they do hold, are subject to the Australian privacy principles and, and the legislation that accompanies that. So there is a scheme called the Noted Fireball Data Breach Scheme, where if your data is um, breached and somebody who is unauthorised to access that data does so, and the result of that access is likely to result in serious harm to the individual, you are obligated by law to notify the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner and the individual whose data was breached. You only have a, a month or so to, to do that, uh, and those and there are very serious penalties for not um, adhering to those um, uh, guidelines or those, the, that legislation. Um, and the results, again, of the recent breaches that we've seen um, is that those fines and those powers of the um, Office of the Australian Information Commissioner are going to be increased. So where the fine was $2.2 million for serious or repeated privacy breaches, they're looking to increase that to $50 million. Um, or three times the value of the benefit obtained through the misuse of the data or 30% of the company's adjusted turnover in the relevant period. So could you imagine that if you're a pharmacy, I mean, $50 million would wipe out probably, you know, 99.99% of pharmacies in Australia overnight, but, you know, they'll no doubt have some sort of scale. But if they went with a 30% of a company's adjusted turnover, could you imagine having to pay that as a fine for not having in place the adequate security controls or for repeated privacy breaches? So the message is really loud and clear. 
the, the, the public no longer accept it, the government no longer accept it, and the law is going to catch up very quickly to make sure that, that those penalties are there. So in terms of what you need to have in place, yes, broadly you need to have a, a good management plan, um, you know, a, a grab-and-go guide, if you will, um, who to call, um, what to do. Um, the reality, though, of course, being a cybersecurity incident, there's very few pharmacists out there that have the technical knowledge in terms of what they need to do. You might need to bring in a forensic cybersecurity business that can do a deep dive and understand exactly what has been stolen, what has been taken. And again, that's where you see some of the information coming out from the recent breaches is a little bit ad hoc. And at one point they say, well, we don't think any data has been stolen. And then three days later we go, actually, all of it's been stolen. And, and that's where you, you engage those third-party companies to, to do that, to identify uh, whether that information has been stolen. Um, and it's better to do that proactively then reactively, because if it turns out that your data was stolen and you didn't take that seriously and, and there's evidence that there was a breach and you chose to ignore it and you didn't engage a forensic company, you didn't notify the the, um, the, the authorities, uh, then then that puts you at risk of, of um, being fined. And once the data's on the dark web, it's only a matter of time before people start getting those texts and emails and others trying to extort that from, from those end users. Um, and so in which case then the simple thing to do is you need to seek advice. You need to get out there and speak to your IT provider, somebody that you trust within the industry, within the IT industry to provide you with that, that specific information as to, as to what to do next. The fines are obviously huge. They're there you know, primarily as a massive disincentive. You spoke about the risk of them. So much of what we do in, in business is managing risk and deciding where to put resources. So I'm curious, and this might sound like a little bit of a, a, a strange question, but people will manage risk differently. But say I'm a pharmacist and I decide, you know, I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to take the appropriate or the required action following an attack. So I know that it has actually happened, but it'll be all right. It'll go away. I'll just ignore it. What could happen as a consequence of inaction? That's a, that's a really good question because unfortunately we have had situations where staff haven't learnt and decided not to uplift the security practices within the pharmacy. Um, we had a store, um, not too recently actually, um, where they got hacked, um, didn't want to take any further steps in terms of putting in place any further security and literally one month later, they got hacked again um, where their PCs were encrypted. So it, 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 it is real, it, it, it does happen. And so, you know, if what, what are the consequences for that? Um, Everything that I've just mentioned in regards to the, the the reputational damage, the financial damage, the legal consequences are real. Uh, and if it's found that that they're serious and repeated breaches of the Privacy Act, and they can link that that your inaction through a series of hacks um, shows that that you don't take it seriously. Well, look, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a legal expert. That's not my area of field, but it, uh, it would certainly open you up. Um, reputationally, the, the the damage would be would be significant as well, and so it would not be a good situation to be in. And, and I think that um, you know that the cost to you as a um, as a, uh, a a business owner um, in terms of the consequence of inaction, when you compare the cost to to take proactive action and putting in place some sort of cybersecurity solution. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine why you wouldn't put, you do, do that. You know, the, the, the cost of inaction is, is significantly more um, than, than the cost of putting in a solution ever will be. So I'm curious about why they would not want to increase security following an attack because, I mean, I'm not a hacker, but if I did hack someone and I was successful, my brain goes, well, I might just go back and check those vulnerabilities again in sort of six to eight weeks and see if I can get them again. Absolutely. And so once once a, a pharmacy's been hacked and, and they're on the, on the hacker's radar, um, it, it's not unusual for, for multiple uh, future attempts to, to, to be targeted at that particular email address, that particular network, because they know there was a vulnerability once um, and, and they, they maybe be, get lucky a, a second time. Um, and so that that happens. As to why a, a pharmacy would would not take the action, I, I can't speak on their behalf. But uh, you know, it, it it's disappointing that they they don't take that action. Um, and we really encourage them to 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 actually do that. So there's a lot here to think about and a lot to take away from this episode. Many of the listeners will be looking for easy wins. This is, if they're not paying attention to this, it can seem like a huge, big, 
expensive project, but they want to get started. And so we want to try and look for some easy wins, some first steps to take to to get on that journey to good cyber security. If there were three things, maybe you could advise all of the listeners to be following or be doing in this episode, what would they be? It's important to understand that it doesn't have to be onerous. Uh, you know, I, I've probably painted a pretty dire picture there and, and, and I hope I haven't scared people too much. Uh, I want people to understand that the risk is real. I want people to understand that they do need to take action. It's important and it is scary. Um, and I've seen the impact and I've seen the aftermath of it and it's just not pretty in any way, shape or form. So I want people to take it seriously. I want people to act. But with, with that said, it is not onerous. It is not expensive. It is not difficult. You just need to commit some time and some effort and really make it a priority to put some time and effort into cybersecurity. So in terms of the way to think about it, if you want to think about it from a, a you know, looking at, at three different things that you want to think about, which will help you put in place good cybersecurity practices um, is people, process, and technology. And that can be applied across a whole range of different um, areas, not just cybersecurity. It's a really good um, way to think about things because it, it gives you those areas to, to concentrate on. So from a people perspective, invest in your people. Take the time, make them aware of the risks, provide training on how to spot a phishing email, really simple one. Provide training on the importance of complex passwords, not navigating to dodgy websites, um, things like that are really, really simple to do. Um, there's a lot of online, free online information that you can point your staff towards to help them understand the risks and simple things that they can do because most cybersecurity attacks are a result of human error. And particularly in the small business, the type of attacks we see investing in your, in your people is almost the single most important thing that you need to do. Talk to your staff members talk to the Saturday casuals, talk to everyone in your pharmacy and make them aware of the risk and make them aware of the simple things that they can do to prevent being attacked. And a way to get them on board uh, and something that we've done internally here at FRED is to make them aware that these things are relevant to their personal life as well. So in training them and making them aware of these actions and, and phishing emails, you're not just protecting the business, you're actually protecting them. And so if you convince them or you you convey this message to them in a way that this information is going to help you personally, it'll help you. You can then talk to your family and other friends about it. It spreads the message wide and far. So investing in people is absolutely paramount. The second one is around processes. So what to do in the case of an incident, as we just spoke about, who to call, but also policies. Like, do you allow BYOD or bring your own devices into the pharmacy? So do you allow staff to come in? bring their own personal computers or their phones and connect to the store Wi-Fi. You don't know what they're doing with those devices outside of the work time. Are you okay with them connecting? You need to have a policy and think about the ramifications of that. Do you allow staff to access personal emails on your work computers? Again, email is one of the biggest compromise um, uh, attack vectors that, that we see. Are you happy for your staff to access social media accounts in your pharmacy? Do you allow your staff to connect to the store Wi-Fi? They're things that you need to think about. So the process and policies that you put in place are paramount to protecting your business. And again, it helps your staff to think about what's important for them and, and perhaps how they look at um, cybersecurity for their home. And the third thing is technology. And so the, the key to think about in technology from a cybersecurity perspective is that it's layers. There's no one single layer or one single piece of technology that is going to protect you from everything. As I've sort of talked about, there's lots of different ways that people can attack pharmacies. There's lots of different attack vectors. There's, you know, direct breach through having, you know, weak passwords or a, a, a piece of um, uh, remote access technology that, that doesn't have a, um, a good password or has an open port on it. Um, you know, there's, there's phishing emails. Um, there's lots of different ways that people gain access to it. And, and you try and do your best to prevent that. Um, but you also need to have detection capabilities in place because they will get in. Eventually, they will get in. It's 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 like again your your physical bricks and mortar. If somebody really wants to physically break into your pharmacy, they will. And then it's a case of being able to identify that quickly. And whilst prevention is 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 better, and you need to put in place all the technology pieces to try and prevent access, you also need to put in place the technology pieces that detect access. 
Okay, because the realization is you can never be 100% secure. The only way to ever be 100% cyber secure is to disconnect from the internet, turn your device off basically, that's it. And no one's gonna do that. So you need to be able to prevent the attack as best you can and detect the attack, okay? And I really wanna focus in on that point of detection. Um, if you're not able to identify when a hack is um, in progress, or more importantly, once it commences, you're in a real world of hurt because you've only got a very short window of time to prevent any damage. So that detection piece really does need to be fast and it needs to be responsive. And you need to have um, somebody monitoring that 24 seven. So look, the technology pieces are, are multiple and varied, um, but you need lots of them and you need layers and you need to think about it from prevention and you need to think about it from detection. We definitely don't want to disconnect from the internet, Andrew, because no one wants to go back to those triplicate credit card machines where you used to have to, the older listeners will remember, we used to have to push it across and push it back and you used to have the carbon paper and you used to have to check people's signatures. So we definitely don't want to regress to that. No, we don't. And look, my my, my father was a pharmacist and my very first job was was working in a pharmacy and, uh, and at different stages there, it was my job to drive into Melbourne CBD with a box of scripts. Um, to put the uh, the uh, NHS claim through um, rather than PBS online today. So we definitely don't want to go back to, to doing that. And uh, yeah, the internet is a wonderful tool, um, has just changed our lives for the better, no doubt. But with it comes significant risk. Well, on those three things that you just spoke about, there's there's a lot of listeners that would have already paid some attention to those and their cybersecurity, but maybe they haven't looked at it for a while. And we know that technology and techniques for hacking change and they evolve over time and they get sophisticated more and more. So for those that have a few of those things in place that you spoke about before, the people, the process and the technology, but they're ready to take take it further, take some more steps, what can you recommend for them? The first thing to, to do is, is really understand your risk. And so to understand your risk and your risk profile and, and how vulnerable you are, you, you do need expertise. So you need to talk to a, a trusted IT provider um, and you can come and talk to, 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 to Fred and I will talk about the services that, that we offer here as well. But you need to talk to someone who is able to um, look at your network, look at the systems that you have in place and make a realistic recommendation as to the things that you can do. Uh, and they need to, 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 to do that with a mind towards the type of business that you are. Um, I've seen some really terrific um, cybersecurity solutions, but they're tremendously complex. They they lock down the computers to the extent where it's almost un, unusable. It's not fit for retail because, you know, it's it's designed for a one-to-one, -one, you know, one user to one PC, which in a retail environment, multiple people use the same computer. It, it just doesn't suit. So you need to talk to somebody who understands pharmacy, somebody who understands small business, somebody who understands retail and, and understands how they can put in a cybersecurity solution that protects you, but still allows you to run your business and not impact your business to the point where it actually becomes a, 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 a it slows you down. You, you, you don't want that. The moment that cybersecurity becomes um, uh, more important than running of a business, well, you know, it sort of defeats the defeats the, the the purpose and the point in the first place. So at all times, it needs to be supportive of of the business, and it needs to be at a price point that's affordable for small business. Again, you know, nobody in pharmacy is going to be able to afford to put in a solution that the National Australia Bank or the Commonwealth Bank have in place because they simply do not have the funds to to be able to go and do that. And so what you need to look at is something that's fit for purpose, that's affordable. And so, look, what we can do here at Fred, and I'll, I'll talk through the solution that we have called Fred Protect, because I think it's it's important for pharmacists uh, and people out there to understand that this is a solution that is designed uh, for pharmacies and, and not just Fred pharmacies. We've designed a service that is available for, for any pharmacy, regardless of the dispense or positive system that you use. Fred Protect will actually be um, fine, compatible, no issues whatsoever. It's completely separate to any other services that we offer in that sense. So what we what we do and what we look for, which can be used as an example to talk to others to see if they can provide something similar, is firstly a base level assessment. So what we do is we can have a, a, a look at the pharmacy. So it's, it wouldn't call it a penetration test. It, it's, it's not a deep dive into every nook and cranny of your computer systems, but we're looking for things like is antivirus installed on every computer? Do you have open ports on your network? Do you have remote access tools, RDP turned on when you shouldn't have? Things like that, which are really simple things that, that are high risk, 
but they're easy to act. So we'll do a, a, a base level assessment of your of your network and your system. We'll provide you with some helpful documentation, you know, grab and go guides, uh, asset registers, things like that, that if something does go wrong, you know what to do in case of glass, you know, in case of emergency break glass. Um, we'll provide some security awareness training. So once a quarter, we'll send out a, a link, um, an email with a link in it to a, to a training video on how to spot a phishing email. Um, what, what is the notifiable data breach scheme? And so that's something we provide to, to those customers as well. Um, we can provide a firewall. This is an optional component of the, of the solution. We can provide a little firewall that plugs into the network. Um, it, it updates every four hours. Uh, it um, has a connection to a cybersecurity service. Uh, and this is one of the great things about the cybersecurity industry is that there's a lot of shared information out there and there's a lot of unity amongst people who work within cybersecurity where they're trying to stop cyber criminals and they share information. And so, and so what the, the firewall does, it connects to a service which is a, a long list and a forever updated list of known malicious IP addresses. So if there's a cyber attack somewhere in the world and it comes from a particular IP address um, that goes on that register on that list, our firewall then receives that within four hours, um, depending on the update cycle. And then if that IP address ever tries to access that pharmacy, it's automatically blocked. And so that's a great little tool that, that we put in place. Again, not foolproof, not 100% fail safe, but it, it definitely adds another layer, as I said. Um, and the most important thing that we put in place, as I mentioned before, is about detection. So we have a service um, with a security operations center, so a 24-7 SOC team. Um, where we have a, an agent that runs on each of your computers. It monitors your network 24-7-365. We use an AI-based rules engine to identify indicators of compromise, which is then backed up by three levels of security analysts who then um, see the alert from the, the rules engine. They then look to see if that's something serious, is it something malicious, is it something that's time critical. What they'll then do is, if so, if it reaches the, the right level, they escalate it to a second tier and then again to a third tier. At that point, um, if they think this is a live hack, this is in progress, this is something that needs to be acted on immediately, um, there's two courses of action. If it's absolute, the most serious you could imagine, um, they can actually isolate that machine instantly and stop that hack in its tracks. And so that prevents any further lateral spread of whatever it is, malicious code or a hacker getting access to the rest of the network, but it also kicks them out of that network full stop. Um, or they'll call Fred, they'll call us, um, and this is man 24 seven, where they'll say, hey, we've got you know this particular pharmacy, we're seeing something really unusual, it's three o'clock in the morning, what do you think? And we'll go, no, nah, that pharmacy's closed, there's no way there should be you know that happening on that computer at this time, lock it down. And then we'll log the ticket, get everything queued up. So first thing in the morning, we'll contact the store, we'll alert them as to what's happened, um, and we'll take whatever remedial action the pharmacist wants to take at, at, at that point. And so that 24-7 SOC service is, is absolutely vital and a real key pillar. And it's again, why I kept talking about detection, because you know you can have the training, you can have the firewall, you can have a base level assessment, but there's always a way that they can get in. And so having that 24-7 SOC there is absolutely vital. Um, and look, it is cost effective. It is designed for pharmacies. We've got over 700 pharmacies using this service now, and it's it's you know not an expensive service from as little as $120 a month, depending on the size of your store. And so, I, I really um, call out to pharmacists whether it's Fred Protect, that's fine. Um, come and talk to us if you want to, but something like that, something of a service of that nature that provides multiple layers of protection is absolutely vital. The, the time for complacency is over. Um, you know, the customer expectations, the government expectations are that you need to protect that data. It is only a matter of time before a large scale breach of a pharmacy results in tens of thousands of customers' data being stolen. It winds up in the media, on the dark web, with all the reputational, financial and legal costs um, that will follow. And so my message is, don't be that pharmacy. Well, I must say earlier on in this chat, I was feeling very stressed about all the bad stuff that we spoke about. You're talking about all the bad consequences and the stress and the, the cost and the rebuilding and the staff resigning, all that sort of stuff. I was very stressed that I don't even work in a pharmacy, but just you running through all of those things that your service provides for, and I'm not trying to give a sales plug, but for $121, 
I felt like a blanket of safety around me if I was a pharmacist. So well done. You've taken us from being aware and scared, but also then providing a, a solution for us. And as you said, we can clearly come to you and, and get that service, but at least they know more about what they need to be speaking to other providers about as well. So Andrew, it's been a really interesting and helpful chat today. And of course, very topical because we've all seen the media reports lately, as we've said a couple of times in this chat. If people want to find out more about how you can help in this space, what can they do? Where can they go? So one of the best resources uh, is the Australian Cyber Security Centre. Okay, it's cybercyber.gov.au. That's a terrific resource. It has specific sections on small business. It has an alert service that you can sign up to. Uh, it has pages there that have links to further information, which is really helpful, links to the, the recent breaches and, and what to do. Uh, and even, you know, have I been hacked? What to do in the event of hacking? It's got some great tips and tricks on there. So cyber.gov.au is a terrific resource. Um, speak to your local IT provider. Um, they're really important. Um, they provide a pivotal role in the expertise that they can provide to you and, and your business. Um, you know, call Fred or even me directly, you know, simply fred.com.au, um, our, our number 1-800-888-828. And I'll even put my email address on there. If anybody actually wants to contact me directly and ask them some questions, I'm more than happy to, to help out. It's andrew.mcmanus at fred.com.au. And of course, McManus is M-C-M-A-N-U-S. So Andrew McManus, General Manager, Service Delivery at Fred IT Group. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your expertise and insights and advice around cybersecurity in the pharmacy industry. Thanks, Daniel. Really appreciate it. And to everyone listening, stay cyber safe and do your best not to fall victim to cybercrime. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. It's been a fantastic episode and I think it's been a good reminder of what we need to be vigilant about. Andrew's practical advice and knowledge of the field is so valuable for pharmacists and business owners. The Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast focuses on pharmacy management and ownership to support the improvement and the growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. Now, Christmas is fast approaching and we're looking at next year's schedule. The team is keen to hear from anyone with an interesting story or an angle to talk about, a great topic that you're dying for us to cover. As such, you can get in touch with Guild Communications at the link in the show notes. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and you've been listening to episode 109 of the PBCN Podcast. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. For more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes, visit guild.org.au.